The Retro Lounge is a look back into the archives of the Recruiters Lounge podcast with Jim Stroud and Karen Matinen. The Recruiters Lounge podcast posted weekly between the years of 2005 and 2010. With energy, wit, and opposite points of view, <laughs> Jim Stroud and Karen Madden discussed, debated, and squabbled like children over HR issues that affected the workplace and society overall for the benefit of all who would listen. This episode of the Recruiter's Lounge originally aired on January 11th, 2008, and this was the original title, Barack Obama and the Recruiting Industry, and this was the original description. If Barack Obama became president, what would that mean for the recruiting industry? Plus, secret terrorist recruitment drives, The Apprentice, the internet, and the economy. <laughs> Find out what was said on January 11, 2008. Uh, you know what? This is a real interesting one because you got uh, the possibility of, of Obama being president at this time. And then we're talking about Donald Trump uh, being on The Apprentice. Uh, which makes it, <laughs> which makes it really interesting uh, when you think about it. Okay, uh, so there you go. Uh, tune in to find out what was said way back when, January 11, two thousand eight. Right after this, critical race theory supports the logic that all whites are born racist and oppressors by nature. They are to be viewed as a collective threat to non-white people and beyond redemption. This sentiment is already infecting the American workplace via racial sensitivity and diversity trainings. Despite the obvious controversy, such trainings are being accepted as just and fair and at an alarming pace across corporate America. Racism Reimagined How Critical Race Theory Imperils the American Workplace is an ebook that I wrote. In it, I do three things. One, I explain the basics of critical race theory. Two, I demonstrate how critical race theory is negatively affecting the American workplace. And three, I hope, I hope, I inspire a resistance to critical race theory being taught in the workplace. In light of the increased sensitivity to recent events like the George Floyd protests, the emergence of cancel culture, and the pressures on corporations to adhere to political correctness, the information in my ebook, Racism Reimagined How Critical Race Theory Imperils the American Workplace, is a counterbalance that should be carefully considered prior to new investments in diversity training. Racism Reimagined, How Critical Race Theory Imperils the American Workplace is a free resource that can be downloaded and, by all means, shared with those in your network. A download link is available in the podcast description. Radio, radio, radio Innovative audio on demand. Hi. I'm Jim Stroud. Welcome to the Recruiter's Lounge. The Recruiter's Lounge is a podcast of news, interviews, and commentary on the recruiting industry. And it was designed with you in mind. So sit back, relax, and enjoy your time in the Recruiter's Lounge. Right now, millions of people are looking for and finding jobs on the Internet. But are you getting paid when they find a job? Well, now you can. When online employment sites like Monster and CareerBuilder came on the scene, they took billions of dollars out of the pockets of the recruiter. But now there's a new sheriff in town called Work Giant, the recruiter's best friend. 
WorkGiant is empowering recruiters throughout the country to take back your industry. WorkGiant is a national and broadly focused job board, but with some very distinct differences. One difference is with WorkGiant, employers and recruiters can post jobs for free, search the resume database for free, and only pay 1% upon a hire. WorkGiant markets through professionals in the industry. Why? Because it's your industry. As a professional recruiter, you have the employer relationships. You have the job seeker contacts. It is your industry. It's yours to take back now. WorkGiant will never replace recruiter value-added services. In fact, we offer you a way to monetize 95% of the market that currently goes to the online job board industry. Refer current or former clients and surplus job seekers to your WorkGiant affiliate website. Refer once and you own the relationship. Then, get paid every time they make a hire for as long as they make hires. Someone is going to lock up your employer contacts. It might as well be you. Every time a hire is made by one of your clients or one of your job seeker referrals, you get paid. It's that easy. So take back your industry with the power of residual income from WorkGiant. Hello, everybody. This is Jim Stroud. And that's Karen Madden not saying anything. And welcome to Recruiter's Lounge. There's a first? Oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah, you're not saying that is a first. Let's try it again. Hello, everyone. This is Jim Stroud. And this is Karen Matten. And you're in the Recruiter's Lounge. Thank you for tuning in and listening to us. Uh, without you, there would be no us. So thank you, thank you, thank you for being there. I, I hope you don't edit that. You know? <laughs> no, I'm going to keep it in and teach you a lesson to pay attention. No, only that, but I, people will never believe you. That you were quiet at one point. Speechless. You know what? That's a historical event. It is. I think you you have to keep it because that's evidence of the truth there. Wow. Karen Madden was speechless for a while there. Shocking, but it's true. <laughs> guess, guess, guess what I've been doing today? What were you doing today? I am putting away Christmas decorations. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I think it's still too early. I'm not going to do it tomorrow. It's birthday. too early. It's not to my birthday. In March? Mm-hmm. You're going to leave your Christmas decorations up till March. Well, my, if my husband allows, quotation, quotation mark. Uh, that's just lazy. Put it away. It's not because I'm being lazy. I just love the way my tree looks. It's so cute. It's Take so a picture. Huh? Take a picture. On what? Hang it on, on my wall? <laughs> I mean, a life-size, if I'm going to hang a life-size picture of a tree, my Christmas tree on the wall, might as well keep the real thing, right? You know, it's not a bad idea. You know, i got to tell you something. I got mm. the Christmas blues. Christmas, well, Christmas is over, so it's too late to call it the Christmas blues. Well, why? Okay, let's call it the holiday blues. Okay, what are you blue about? I was just, I'm blue that it's over. Oh, well, you know what? If you just hold on for another year. It'll roll right back around again. Do, uh, do you know I had my Christmas tree up way before Thanksgiving? I do. <laughs> you do. That's I right. Do. You do, don't you? Yes. I know. It's like, oh, I, I just love the holidays, man. Well, let's go from past events to current events. Uh, you know, you can't turn the channel okay. without hearing about the uh, the primaries that are coming up. Iowa just passed, and New Hampshire's around the corner. Okay. And one thing that surprised a lot of people, not me, but a lot of people, was the uh, support that Barack Obama has been getting. Isn't that amazing? Surprised. You were surprised. I was surprised. Why? I've always, I, when I first saw him, I heard him, I said, this guy's got charisma. He has and charisma got, goes a long way. Well, there's two things that kind of got to me, okay? I mean, right. 
I just don't know. I didn't know if America was ready. First, I mean, I'm a person of color. You're mm-hmm. a person of color. So please don't go ahead and shoot us and say we're being prejudiced because we're not, okay? At least I'm not. But I just didn't think America was ready for someone, yeah, of color or even of a female. And then another thing that was my concern, too, is his name, Obama. You know, you take away the B and then you put an S in there. That was my biggest concern. And I'm like, okay. And I guess based upon some things I was reading yesterday, many African-Americans, and I hate that term, many blacks in America also felt the same concerns, too. Uh, I'm not one of them. I thought he had a decent chance from the beginning just from um, just checking him out, listening to him speak. Um, He's good. Yeah. When I first heard him, I said he's got a decent shot. You know, I mean, you know? I have no doubt. But see, I, I know a lot. Of, I know um, some blacks have that kind of mentality, but I, I didn't. And I said, you know what, go ahead, do your thing. That's what makes America great. Everybody has a chance. Yeah, and the thing is, I mean, it's like I really, really did. I mean, I just thought if I voted for him, it would be probably a wasted vote. Well, one reason why I'm, I'm bringing him up, and, and, and not because I'm, uh, I'm an Obama uh, supporter or or uh, apologists or anything like that. No, but we're not going into politics. This is not about politics, <laughs> by the way. Okay, this is not a, ta- a conversation about politics. But I want to I want to wrap this around to recruiting because if he just say he was the uh, new president, because he's getting a lot of press and, and, and getting mm-hmm. a lot of attention here. I was wondering what would that mean for recruiting if if Obama became president? And um, one thing I do know about him just from reading some of his, reading some of his um, information on his website, which is at barackobama.com. Um, I, I looked at his his opinions uh, towards labor, and I see he's a big union guy. Well, not okay. I'm going to look in regards to the union. Well, hold on. Let me, let me explain. Well, you go that. ahead. You go ahead with that. He's a big union guy, and I'm reading from his site. He says he wants to ensure the freedom to unionize. Mm-hmm. He wants to fight attacks on workers' rights to organize. Mm-hmm. He wants to protect striking workers, mm-hmm. and he wants to raise the minimum wage. So, if he was to become if he was to become president, what that would mean for recruiting is that we would have to recruit more union laborers. Laborers, I'd imagine, because I he's so poor for that. His poll, his numbers probably just dropped tremendously. By <laughs> you think so? <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of people who are so anti-union, especially by you saying he's a big union. Well, I'm the, and you know what? And I'm not speaking for him. I'm just, I'm just going by what I see on his website. Yeah, at I Barack know, Obama. I know. Com. But I think that his numbers just totally, totally dropped. I well, swear. Well, you know what? I, I'm going to disagree because our podcast is not that popular. <laughs> Now, oh, oh, really? <laughs> well, not among not among uh, the constituency of people who follow political news. Oh, okay. Just people who recruit. Well, let me tell you, he is he is for civil rights. Okay, obviously. Well, I, duh. Well, duh. Okay, but one of the things that I will, I'm I mean I'm shocked, and this is what I'm seeing right now. Okay, today, as we speak today, not whether he becomes president or not, hmm. but based upon the Iowa caucus. Okay. Yeah. I. See America changing. Just because he won the Iowa caucus? Oh, yeah. I mean, the fact that Pretty Boy didn't. <laughs> Explain who Pretty Boy is. Oh, what's his name again? Edwards, John Edwards. Yeah. I love John Edwards, by mm-hmm. the way. I, I do. I'm supporting, but this is not meant to be political, okay? Right. And, yes, I also like Judy, Mayor Rudy Giuliani. So, again, I'm you see Republican, Democrat here, you know, which is kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Most people who know me, oh, I'm neither a Democrat nor a Republican. I'm a socialist. But, okay, let's go back to what I was saying. Here it is, is that there is a man who's not typical white America. Hmm. And he's on the Democrat side as well, 
and with the name of Obama. And yet, he didn't just win this caucus. He floored. I mean, he just, he took it. He he really much ruled. It's like, they, you know, the saying that goes is that the only thing that can stop him from winning would be him, basically. Yeah, at okay? this point, yeah. And so, you know. Winning the, what, winning the nomination for the Democratic um not Democratic nomination. For right. It's not like we're talking that Iowa is like Georgia. Well, you know what? New Hampshire is going to tell a story, too. Well, you know, we are starting to get sound more political. Well, yeah, but what I'm saying is, no, I'm, here's why I'm not going with the political side. Right. It's not like Iowa is like Atlanta, Georgia, where it's got a, predom- a strong um, minority population. Mm. Or like in Texas, where it's got a very strong Hispanic population. Mm. This is Iowa's pretty strong Caucasian population. Mm. And what I wonder if is it because he doesn't stand like you know we know Reverend Sharpton and Ali and Jackson weren't mm. backing him, which is probably he's probably saying thank you God because they weren't backing him. Okay, right. I mean this is proof that these guys are like poison to a campaign. Actually, my personal this is me personally saying that. Okay, mm-hmm. but is it because he is not repre- he comes out representing America? As an American person, not so much as I'm black or I'm pure white or whatever. Which I'm so glad of. Because I think there's certain people out there, you named a couple of them already, who just want to just use that victim mentality, at least that's what I call it, and just make money off of it. Yes. It's not about helping anybody. It's about trying trying to regurgitate the same victim mentality from the 60s or 70s when it was more valid. I mean, I don't think it's as valid today. Oh, well, I, I can't say it's not as valid, but we see, okay, I, I'm for civil rights, but I'm not, okay, I mean, but I'm not for, what's the word I'm looking for here again? Um, uh, I'm not A victim? For, yeah, I'm not for you to be able to just get, to, just because you're black, you should have a job. Right. Okay, I'm 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 more I'm for equal opportunity. I believe that everybody should have an equal opportunity. That means if you're white, if you're black, you should have the same chance at the job. The thing is, we still need the EEOC. We still need to have the government coming in because, unfortunately, even if you're a white male, as long as you're over 40, you're still going to have people being prejudiced against you, and especially with much of what you're seeing on the internet being preached on and how great these young kids are. So that puts, and then we know this is a fact. Right, we thought, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm thinking now about, yeah, I'm thinking about our, our, our earlier conversations where we had some statistics. Yeah, we have had talk, statistics on this before. About, you know what, you had those handy, or maybe we'll link to them, because although, um... Karen Statistics, we'll have a site called Karen Statistics. You know what, we need to have one. Yeah, we probably should, I mean, regarding unemployment, et cetera, but that's not a bad idea, maybe we should. Yeah, look, look it up, and I'll post it with this with this podcast. Well, this one, yeah, well, the statistics basically with long-term unemployment proves that, you know, it's predominantly people over 40, and yes, people over making $60,000 a year. So, no, it doesn't mean that they're unskilled or uneducated. These are skilled, educated individuals who are over the age of 40, and so, you know... Wait a minute, so, I mean, you, so you're saying once you're over 40, you're over the hill as far as getting employment? It's Well, unfortunately, that's what statistics have proven still today. And that's what EOC has to be, um, has to be um, on guard for, for the people, is that once you're over the hill at 40, so to speak, you still it, yeah, need no agency to fight for your rights? Wait, it doesn't just protect black people. EOC is not there just to protect white people. I know, people. but, that's, but that's, the, that's the stigma that's EOC has. 
that is only for black people or is only for uh, yeah. other minorities. But if you're, uh, say, you're a white male over 40, yeah. you, could be, you could be discriminated against. Well, actually, if you're a white male over 20, I mean, under 40, you could still be discriminated against. Hmm. I mean, let's say you were going in for the same job as, say, my husband, who's a white male, okay? Mm-hmm. And you get the job because your company needs to fit their quota. Then actually, my husband just got discriminated against. Yeah, well. Okay? Yeah. No, let's say, okay, my husband's over 40, actually, but let's say he was under 40, okay? Right. It doesn't matter what age you are, and there's no protected class in America anymore. And so, in that regard, it's like, you know, I think, yes, we do need to have civil rights, unfortunately, still, we still do need to have equal opportunity. But the problem is, is that, you know, until. And I think this is back to where we're coming back to at Barack Obama. I mean, I think maybe America is kind of warming up to the possibility that there's a potential that, you know, so rubbing a embracing, hold of yeah, embracing beyond the typical white person. Hmm. I mean, it, it could honestly... What do you think played into that? I think a lot of inter, interracial marriages played into that. Well, there's a lot of interracial marriages in Iowa. I would like to know what the statistics are interracial marriages over as a whole among this decade as a past two as opposed to oh, maybe yeah. the past two decades ago. Oh, so, there is. But I, mean, I think that changed I think that changed a lot of minds when you when you marry outside of your race and you get more ideas. I mean, it's one thing to say, you know, my my best friends are, are white or something. Absolutely. But it's another thing to say, you know, my my wife is white. And I mean, I can talk from a personal experience. I'm a right. I'm a product of biracial marriage. And my yeah. children are even more of a product because my I came from two interracial marriages. Right. I personally, and my current husband's white, and my former husband was Mexican, Caucasian. He was biracial too. Hmm. And so, um, you know, I mean, I think for me, the integration that I've seen, and also living in Europe, et cetera. What, by the way, I got to tell you something. Even in Kyle Hitler land, they're, they're more accepting and less. They were less. Racist, from what I saw, than I faced in America. I think when I first first time really felt racism ever in was when I came to America and I was twenty six years old. Wow, isn't that something? Let's switch gears because okay. I want to I wanna keep on recruiting. We're, we're going. We're well, not a political that's show, but employment, honey. Well, it did start off our employment. Yeah, it's true. Okay, let's go All ahead. Right. Let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. If you were an Al Al Qaeda terrorist organization. Ooh. And you wanted to recruit within the United States. Oh, God, you're going with Al-Qaeda again. How would you do it? You know, okay, let's do it. Okay, but you know, I swear they're going to pick up on this and think we either uh, like something or something. I'm only quoting on what's already in the news. Yes, I know. Okay. So if you were an Al-Qaeda terrorist bad guy, uh, scum of the earth kind of person, uh-huh. how would you recruit people uh, to your organization, especially those in the United States? The wonders of the internet. Very good. Would there was the wonders of the internet. You know what? There was recently uh, an announcement from Amen Al Zawahiri, who was Osama bin Laden's uh, "May He Die a Painful Death" uh, mm-hmm. deputy. <laughs> and, How do you pronounce these? I don't know, but go ahead. Well, you know, he he put uh, an announcement on several uh, subscribers to Jihad's websites, uh-huh. and he said, "You know what? If you guys out there in Jihad land." want to pose me a question, then by all means do so. And, and send in your questions and post them up here mm. on the Internet, and I'll come by and answer them mm. and make them available to other media outlets. Now, what he's now the spin is, mm. is here saying that, you know, this is just an open meeting, open meeting to get answers to some of your, you know, burning questions <laughs> you may have about Al-Qaeda. 
says, you know, we're big loving people and we want to just, you know, embrace the world and tell them all our good stuff. But I'm looking at this, and, and, and I agree with some of the critics that were talking about this, is that it's really a big recruitment campaign. Because if you, if you get uh, an open forum together and you get a celebrity, um, in, in the case of a terrorist celebrity, <laughs> like, like Zawahiri here, and he says, you know, I'm here to answer your questions, you know, see what you will. Then you're going to pull out the woodwork people who are sympathetic to the cause, because they're presumably going to be the ones asking the questions, uh-huh. and then hopefully you're going to have some of the good guys who are monitoring this, no doubt, and hopefully using some of this information to, to trap these these uh, terrorist bad guys. So, um, but I, I looked at that, and, and just like some of the critics that that are, that, and I'll post the links to the to what I'm talking about on the site too. But it's, it was just one big recruitment campaign. I mean, would, well, yeah, would you disagree yeah. with that? I like to see some major angry American kids going up there and going, "Oh yeah, man, I want to go, you know, bomb America." You know, I mean, gosh, of course. Can you see a lot of these angry little American kids going and getting all into that? Yes, yes, sad. This is a big propaganda, propaganda thing. It is. And by the way, you know, when you talk about using celebrity and all that, you know, to prove a point on that too. You watch The Apprentice. Yeah. Did you watch the new Apprentice? Oh no, I missed it. Don't oh, go on. Okay, well, oh, well, don't tell me. I'm gonna watch got, it online. I gotta tell you because you. I'm gonna watch it online. Secret. I'm gonna watch it online. Okay, tell me. Don't tell me too much, though. I won't tell you too much. Okay, but Donald Trump gives these guys. I know they break him up into against the groups, men against women. Oh, I'm sorry, buddy, but I gotta talk. talk well, about he did, he does, he's done that before. Okay, and so he he's got the guys going against the women, and they're supposed to go out there and sell hot dogs. Well, and sell what? Sell hot dogs, okay? Oh, okay. Yeah. And but uh, no, um, what's her name? No, the 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 black chick that was Omarosa Omarosa's back, okay. By the way. Yeah, nutcase. Okay. Well, yeah, the, nutcase. the alleged nutcase. She's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> That's my opinion. I'm not a doctor. She's nuts, okay. A few other people think that, okay, but you know, I'm not a doctor. That's, that's, so just, that's just part of her. That's how she's making her money. Well, you could tell that that they told her to. You could see that they almost said. Just go as wild as you want. Pull, pull, you know, go out of your way to pull, be as crazy as you want. She's getting paid. She did not She's hold any punches. I mean, She's she getting paid. But anyways, so they basically were, you know, to go out there and sell these hot dogs any which way they can. Yeah. And for some reason, Omarasa said, don't use your celebrity status to the girls. So I'm going to kind of go in with where you're going, okay? There's a moral to the story. And the guys decided... I mean, she tells what girl not to use the celebrity status. She tells the girls not their, their groups be divided between men and women. Also, so the Omarosa uh, so is like the captain of her own team or something? She was a PM. She was a project manager. For project manager team. team. Okay. Okay, yeah. so she yeah. was a project manager, and she tells the girls, we're not going to use our celebrity staff. Which is stupid. To sell. Exactly. She, I don't want to use the celebrity staff. We're not going to use the celebrity staff. We're going to just use us, our heads and everything else. We're going to just use us and go get this hot dog solo. And the guys... They get on the phone and they're calling in all their stuff, they're, and they're selling hot dogs for five thousand dollars a piece. Okay, and these girls are like, you know, just doing, you know, they're getting a couple hundred dollars for the hot dogs, but they're not using the celebrity status until one of the women said, "Ah, to heck with this, I'm going to do it," and they started getting on these celebs. They started doing it. Okay, right. well, that was, to, but that was kind of like towards the end. I mean, like really late towards the end. Okay, and so it was there. It was pitiful. It was really sad. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, long story short, going with what you said, you bet. I mean, celebrity status will always attract. Especially in America. Especially in America. I don't know. I think especially in any, well, I don't know. I live well, in okay, okay, and you know what? I really couldn't say, it's not even fair to say he's recruiting in America because it's on the Internet, so it's really worldwide. They're doing worldwide. I mean, they're going after all those little angry kids. They're going after all the angry kids who hate the establishment. My goodness. Or who are looking, looking for a scapegoat. 
Yeah, I mean, can can you imagine if this was going on back in the seventies when they really hated the pres? I mean, they hated you know they hated the establishment back then, big time. Can you imagine how many recruits they had? Well, ooh, you know, if I go into well, okay, I'm not even gonna go political, but never, okay, that's never not mind. going political. I'm no, 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 no. I'm thinking about some of, some of our interactions with some of the middle, some of the um, our Middle East, Eastern cousins. Well, you know, uh, in Afghan. The Afghanistan war and different things. It's that's what, just we're getting political again. I'm not oh, yeah, I want to bring something up to you, non-political, by the way. All right. You know, I was talking to some people the other day, and they were talking about how these companies are are literally spending tons and tons of money from these experts, quotation quotation mark, who come in to these companies to teach them on how to deal with the kids, the generation of today. How to deal with the kids of the generation today? Yeah, in the workplace. I mean, who, who, say that again, because you lost They're experts who actually are being paid a tremendous amount of money by companies to go into these companies to train companies on how to deal with the younger generation. Isn't that called like market research? Well, these guys. Are, well, no, no. This is what even interesting. These same people are also teaching these kids on how to be in the workplace. Like when they were based upon what I saw on TV, they're teaching them on how to even etiquette, like cover up your tattoos with your workplace, okay? Try not to show them. Uh, make sure this is when you're eating at the table, use your knife and fork. So it's like a, a charm school for workers. Basically, yeah. You know, don't don't sit down before your boss does that kind of thing. You know. Yeah. Was that on? Was that on like a Nightline or something? And this is yeah, it was like on a Nightline, okay. But then I also had some conversations with others about this, and I'm like, okay. There's this huge development right now, and you see them online, where the Generation Y keeps talking about how different they are. They don't want, they they don't need this. They don't want that. They're going to do whatever they want because they can't stand the establishment. And if they want to jump from job to job, they can do it because they can do this and they want to do that. And they don't care. And that unfortunately, nobody understands them. And all I could think about was back in the seventies. Yeah, and it sounds the same. Yeah, exactly. And and I thought of the hippies and how their parents couldn't stand them. And in fact, there used to be no hip signs that said "No hippies allowed." And you know, and I thought about the the LSD and Lucy in the sky of diamonds, and then you know, down the rabbit hole and all that kind of stuff, right? Right. And I thought, you know, power of the internet. All of a sudden. This generation thinks that they have to have white gloves to treat them differently. That somehow or the other, this whole system has never reinvented itself. That what happened in the 70s with one generation and happened in the 80s with the next generation, all of a sudden, they're so unique. And I wonder, are we buying into this stuff or are because of the Internet, people keep getting this major amount of fame and they feed into it so they can fill their pockets with gold? And that's recruiting related. How? Because oh, this be- is all we could. Because, because we need to. Because if they, well, I mean, I'm gonna play it this way. If they do believe that, I'm talking about the kids, then if that's the mentality that they're having, and if you want to reach them, you need to talk to people in a language that they understand. But honey, nobody ever did that for us, nor our parents. It was like you came into the business and you had to conform. And guess what? They did. Kids will eventually grow up. The kids will eventually have kids. Get houses and get what they become the establishment. But in the meantime, they have to uh, 
we have to employ them or hire them because we need them they for had a job. To, but, um, well, they need to be employable and hired themselves so they will learn to grow up the hard way, too. I mean, looking about this. Or to or 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 create another bubble and create their own businesses and... Well, it well, could happen, but I don't see that too happening too much. I mean, I look, James Taylor, he ended up cutting his hair. Doobie Brothers, they're, you know, they kind of grew up, too. Who? Stop. <laughs> you, you know, these guys, I'm like, why are we putting such special attention to these kids and saying, okay, this is how companies, we have to conform to them. Instead, like my son, okay, my son, I love your son. Okay, I'm not going to give his name up, by the way. I'm proud to protect him. I do love him. But he is the biggest pain in the butt. Okay? I mean, this is a kid that would love to come home from work and sleep all day if he can. All right? Mm. Goes online. Say, you know, well, he's not. Actually, he's gotten off being online. He doesn't even like being in the MySpace, and that's another thing, by the way, I want to talk about. But he doesn't like being in there anymore. He's got the... He's got the computer internet fatigue, by the way. But yeah, well, you know, but hold on, <laughs> hold on. He is now. He works for a Fortune 50 company. Yeah. He adapts. He goes in there. He's been promoted three, four times. He actually conforms at work, even though when he comes home he's a rebel. But at home, and when he goes to work, he conforms. So you're saying all this talk about um, Generation Y is just a bunch of hooey? Yeah, I'm they, like, yeah. Because if I mean, they want to get a job, they got to conform. But yeah. when they get off the job, they can be as rebellious as they want to. Guess what we did? I mean, I was a total rebel when I was a kid. And the charm school you were talking about earlier, they train kids how to play the game? They're teaching the kids how to play the game instead of having the companies teach, to, having to learn how not to. And I think that's the best way to do it. I mean, because the kids need to learn. I mean, the kids need to learn faster this year. But shouldn't their parents be teaching them that? Pardon? Isn't that the job of the parent? Well, unfortunately, the parents are more immature nowadays than they used to be, too. Yeah, well, you know, yeah. they said that they said the mentality of a, the 26-year-old today is the mentality of an 18- or 17-year-old, that they are going to take longer to grow up, and it has a lot to do with the Internet. Let's not blame the Internet for everything. Well, it's the, no, I should say Internet, but it's the Internet, the telephone, um, it's the Internet. Um, they, be able, they said, unfortunately, it made them socially inept. Well, that, that, goes, that goes into the that, that sort of touched base on that article you were talking about earlier about um, social network fatigue. Tell, oh, me, yeah. tell me more about that. Oh, that was one of the predictions that Newsweek had out. And one of the things they said was that they saw that social networks was going to basically be people are going to get so tired of... <laughs> Keeping up with which social network or who's got, oh, I've got to update my profile here. I've got to update it on this one. Which one do I have to update it on? Or keep up with this, keep up with the Joneses. Who's doing what? No, who's doing that? it's not going to happen. I do believe it. No, it's not going to happen. Okay, we disagree because I totally believe I'll it. I'll tell you why it won't happen. Why? Because people are social creatures. Mm-hmm. And if it's not a social network like, say, a MySpace or mm-hmm. a LinkedIn, it's going to be something else. I'm going to New stuff's going to come out. It's going to be Twitter or it's going to be... Uh, some on some mobile phone social network that are coming out a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be it's going to be one way or the other. I disagree, and I and I like what you said, but I think yes, you're right. I agree with you, Pat, that you we are social creatures. Yeah. But there's a reason that we also have the ability to touch and be touched and love to be touched. <laughs> yeah, baby. Oh, exactly. And we also have eyes to see, and we have feelings. You know, when people stay in front of a computer after a while, they become addicted, become, it makes them actually ill, but then they get back out in front of people, become human again. Believe me, I know. I am a perfect example. And you have sites like Meetup, like, you, like, like meetup.com, uh-huh. where people get together online and they chat, 
And then they, then, and then they, or, they organize to meet in person. You Okay, as long as you're getting to meet in person, but the thing is that comes back to if you're going to meet people in person, then you're getting away from the Internet, which means, again, yes, I believe that the networks that are going to become more popular again will be the one-on-one. It will be like the Chamber of Commerce meetings. It will be the face-to-face meetings. People are going to start getting human again. We're going to get want to get away from the computer. I, I think you might have more of, more of that than before. But I think that will come from an older older audience. I think most of the younger crowd or the, the happening hip 20-somethings are going to still do stuff online. They'll still do things in person, too. But I think it's enough of them to keep the social networks going for forever and start a whole new generation of social networkers. I think that's an interesting that. perspective, except for one other thing. And, What's again, that? I'm going back with my hip son and his hip girlfriend who were in their 20s. Yeah. And his, and then his other hip brother, who just turned 21, and my other hip daughter, who just turned 20. That's a lot of hippies in your family. Okay, exactly. <laughs> and they all have, sh- they all have expressed that they have uh, MySpace fatigue, and that they want to just hang out with their friends in real life. They would rather be around, you know, hanging out with their friends, partying with their friends, doing things with their friends, going to the beach with their friends. And you got to remember, these kids grow up. They get lives. They start dating. Sure, they'll do that. And then, exactly. uh, and then the next generation will get onto it, and then they'll use it, or they'll invent something else and give it a new spin, and it'll still keep on going. Well, there you have it. We both disagree, but we kind of kind of agree a little bit. But we both. But I still think even the new generation will come up with something better. And I think what's going to end up happening is that they're going to become more involved with people. We want to be, we want to be more face to face. I think that's one thing they're going to look at us and go, "You guys were just too much into the internet. What happened to one on one?" That's what I feel. Time will tell. That's, Time will tell. That's the same thing about it. predictions. You can say anything. <laughs> hey, let's right continue with our predictions since we can say anything. Hey, you know. Everything is we can be held like, yeah, you guys were wrong, man, because it's yeah. radio. Here, you can prove it, right? Right. Okay, so what's your prediction for next one, for this year? Um, people have been talking a lot about recession. I know, oh, yeah. I, I know that you've been trumpeting that. Yes. Um, I've been hearing about it, so I'm going to say if there is a recession, which I don't think there will be this year, maybe next year. Uh, that's just from the from the perspective of it's a it's a presidential election year. No, and, Democrats are gonna be in. They won't. Be and no matter, <laughs> they won't be if the Democrats. If, if, Dem- if Democrats well, are yeah. in, then it's all about media spin. <laughs> then it's all about media spin. Everything is perfect. If, if were, well, you know what we're, we're getting we're getting into it. No, no, no. Okay, uh, you won't go ahead. Okay, okay so if the, if there is a recession, mm-hmm. then I'm going to predict mm-hmm. that it's going to speed up the eventuality of companies outsourcing their recruiting and sourcing functions. As if there's going to be any jobs to outsource and recruit for. Well, that's that's where the glo- well that's where the global that. economy takes place. In companies that are smart will start trying to get um, co- uh, clients all over the con- all over the, the world, as opposed to just all over the country. I because see. if there's a recession over here in America, there may not be one in New Zealand, which is well, booming these days. By the way, see, I see something totally different. First off, I see companies pulling or have and they've already started. They're coming back into America. And Deloitte just recently, in fact, did some research on this. They said um, they did some insourcing on call center type stuff, jobs. Yeah, they said they did. What you talking said, about? Yeah, they did research and they said that seventy-five percent of the big boy companies all stated 
that they would think twice and longer and harder before they consider ever doing outsourcing again. And a lot of them are coming back into the country. In fact, Yahoo's bringing back 30,000 jobs. In what capacity? Is it technology technology or call center? It was in the call center and technology. I don't see it so heavily in technology as as I've heard about it in call center. No, well, I'm talking about the Yahoo department. We'll be in the call center, but it's part of the technology group where they're in a, um, well, I guess that's the same thing. So, you know, I call them, I have to call them up and say, my computer's not working, damn it. What's wrong here, you know? So I look at that as technology, but anyways. I, I, don't, I don't see that technology. I see well, technology as people, yeah. you know, building software uh, to do something or building better search well, engines you know or what? what yeah, I'll give you another example. I was reading this in Reader's Digest. I mean, it was a scary, scary story. In fact, mm. let me see if I can get that really fast. America needs to start being more concerned, too. About what? More and more car, uh, plane accidents are going to be starting to happen. We'll start seeing more and more of that as well because of outsourcing. We're outsourcing. Are we outsourcing air traffic control? No, not traffic control. There are planes being fixed. The service and repair. Uh, there's something to be said about taking it down the street as opposed to across the pond. Yeah, because, I mean, and, and it has not been effective. We're talking that we're looking at repair, you know, the service and repair being done by individuals, by Delta, et cetera, and they're not doing a good job. Well, I mean, it was really a scary story. If I could see, but I think you can blame a couple specific companies, not entire outs, not entire countries. Like if one company does something wrong in China, doesn't mean that all of China is bad. Well, it's not that all of China is bad, but if you're taking actually every company who's been outsourcing their stuff, their uh, repairs to India, yeah. okay, and they named a list of them. This was in both uh, Reader's Digest. As well as the um, my re, uh, what is it consumer report mm-hmm. okay and they showed a line of samples of water and the ones who were outsourcing it had more technical problems had where they had they were delayed more often because of technical issues because the service was that bad well the service bad or is it all comes down because my experience then has been that it all comes down to communication and, and someone's accent may be a little thicker than someone else's. Yeah. I mean, it's not like these people are, are actually creating, fixing, or making the paints or are aware of it. It's not like they actually even have their own service center. It's not like they even have their own plane. You know, they have Air India, right? But, you know, I mean, you're talking that United Airlines, Delta, and a few of these other ones, and they showed the consistency of it. And, yeah, it was, like, really, really scary articles. Send me some links, me some links to that because I know somebody want to. I can find it. I will have to go ahead and, like, I remember I had it. My husband, obviously, I had it upside down to go ahead and talk to you about it. Yeah. Because I really wanted to really kind of, like, talk about outsourcing and the world of it and because it, it was talking about the negative aspect of it, right? Well, you know, but, I'm not, uh, okay. I'm, I'm but not, I was going to say, a lot of companies are coming back in, and saying we're not going to do outsourcing anymore. That's called insourcing. People look, up, people look up the term insourcing to find articles about this. That's one of the terms, because insourcing can also mean, I found out too just recently, insourcing can also mean like the places like Bayer or Siemens and every one of those companies who actually provide work in America as well. Yeah. So I just found that out yesterday. But. Another thing we were talking about in regards to predictions, right? Mm-hmm. Quickly, because we're running out of time. Oh, I hate this. We oh, always run out of time. We, we ha- always run out of time. We have such a good time talking. I, I, I love to talk, yes. yes. Well, anyways. No. 
<laughs> I do foresee that definitely there's going to be a recession. Yeah. We're already seeing less jobs right now in the workplace. In the housing market is what you're citing, and, and what else? No, not just the housing market. Actually, um, just we just had another crash last about two weeks ago in regards to less jobs, payroll per thousand. I wouldn't call that a crash. I wouldn't call that a crash. That's not a crash. I didn't say crash. I thought you said it was a crash. I said a lot. Did I say a crash? A downturn. Okay, let me rephrase it. Yeah, say downturn. Don't say crash because that wasn't a crash. It was like, yeah, it's not good, Mm, but it's not like. A huge downturn. Okay, another one. Um, Then we also, and I was just finished writing about this too, okay? Mm. Um, We saw a huge downturn again in the jobs per thousand, which is kind of like hurting. We did have a crash in the employment in the housing market for sure. Well, housing, yeah. uh, Here in California, we had 85% more bankruptcies this year, uh, last year, than we had the year before. So is that a good time to invest because it's going to go up eventually? Uh, No. It means that houses aren't being sold. And you, if this is about a time you would probably want to consider maybe buying houses, but now I would kind of wait a lot. Like I want to sell our house and then wait for about, say, another six to eight months and then buy a couple houses. Yeah. All right. Finish predictions because we're almost out of time. Okay. Um, oh, God. One more. Thank you. Okay. Um, but definitely, I do see, to me, this economy, what I've seen happening is that every time they keep lowering interest rates, Every time they keep trying to pump up the economy, it keeps like putting hot air into a balloon and blowing it up, and it's just going to be put into a freezer soon, and it's going to be burst. I mean, you can only blow it up so much before it bursts. Well, if you have any questions or comments about this non-political recruiting show called the Recruiter's <laughs> Lounge, feel free to drop me an email. I can reach that Jim Stroud, that's J-I-M-S-T-R-O-U-D, at jimstroud.com. You can also contact Karen at the same email address. And to listen to the archives uh, of our show, feel free to go to the site, jimstroud.com slash podcast. That's jimstroud.com slash podcast. Karen, you have any final words to say before we close out? Actually, yeah. I know what? I think we should do definitely a dare, ask Jim Carrot kind of a thing. And we get, because Jim, you and I definitely quite often have mm. very different views on a lot of stuff. No. Totally. <laughs> He's a Republican, by the way. Just everybody. Uh, I'm not a Republican. I'm in. I and in, in, you're independent. not independent. No, I'm independent in that. In that, I would vote for Republican or Democrat. It doesn't matter to me what party someone is a member of, as long as they do. As I be, as long as I believe they will do something positive, in my view, of what positive. I have positive a question is. to ask you. Do you like President Bush? And on that note. There you go. <laughs> Uh, no, because we're not going political. We got, we got to do a whole other political show one day, and I go into that. But my, I think my answer was I think my answer would surprise a lot of people. But you, yeah, that would surprise a tremendous. I was shocked when you told me. I was like, what? No way! I almost stopped being your friend for that. And on that note, <laughs> we will go later and uh, come back later for another non-political show. Maybe we should do a political show if we're gonna keep going like this. We All should, right. huh? Uh, right. Let's see what you know. What we could do, we'll mm-hmm. see what people, uh, what the readers, um, our listeners, actually thought. Okay. And if yeah, if, yeah, if you guys want to hear, hear us wax poet, poetically about politics, then, then let us know because we will talk forever about that, no doubt. Yeah. Okay. Um, say goodbye, Karen. Bye bye, I'm Jim. Bye bye, everybody. Bye bye. <laughs> bye bye. Well, that's it for this show. You've been a wonderful audience. If you like what you heard, love what you heard, or (laughs) just plain hate what you just heard, uh, let me know. Your feedback matters. 
You can reach me through my website at jimstroud.com slash podcast. That's J-I-M-S-T-R-O-U-D dot com slash podcast. So until next time, I'm Jim Stroud and you're not. And so this ends this edition of the Retro Lounge, home of classic episodes of the Recruiter's Lounge podcast. If you haven't already, uh, subscribe now so you don't miss a future episode. Okay, cool. Until next time, bye-bye. Hi, I'm Emma. And I'm Joe. And And we're we're the the Professional professional Book Nerds. Nerds. Two Mondays a month, we interview authors and talk about their upcoming books, what drives them, and their go-to order at the cafe. On Thursdays, we share recommendations and dive into topics readers face, like how do I actually read the books on my to-be-read list? You can find the Professional Book Nerds podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Want to learn more about us? Our website is professionalbooknerds.com, and you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at ProBookNerds. We hope you'll come and listen, and as always, happy happy reading. reading!